0: Colleen Kingsbury, how are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm good. Uh, thank you for being on. I uh, just want you to know, like I said before, we, we're, we started airing. Uh, this is my first barrel racer. I've been wanting to have a racer on for the longest time because I have three girls. And every time there's a barrel racer, when we go to the rodeo, they watch it and they don't move. They don't. <laughs> get easily distracted like they do when i have when i'm watching bullfighting or bull riding so I, i i want to pick your brain a little on why barrel racing is the sport for little girls besides speed. Like I can see it. I love the speed. Mm-hmm. I love the technique. I love the fact that you guys could pretty much glide around those corners, like nobody's business, like a, a drifting car, you know? So yeah. I, I, I just want to uh, talk about that. So I heard uh, about you for the first time when you posted about uh rascal rodeo
1: mm-hmm.
0: and Erica uh, it's like hey you should have her on so i was like okay colleen hey how's it going <laughs> you know that <laughs> kind of thing so i have to shout out uh rascal rodeo and erica for uh introducing or just saying hey put her on she also did that a few other times too and i i told her i will slowly go into it because i guess they sponsor a lot of people and uh and one of them is uh what is it Jerry Brown the. Steer Jesse wrestling. Brown? Jesse Brown. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesse Brown. He's the man. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like you should get him on. I was like, okay, well, he's busy. He's making <laughs> a ton of money right now, winning and just keeping going. So, um So, yeah. Uh shout out to her and thank you for being on. How many yeah. generations? 2, 3
1: I would say officially Two, we can dabble in a third generation with my mom's aunt. Uh, she did a lot more. Um, she was more into horse racing. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. I'd have to do some fact checking to see if she did <laughs> any um, hobby barrel racing, but. I definitely am um, second generation from my mother. You know, she yeah, pretty much was the one to introduce me to it and get me into the sport and gave me my foundation and the tools I needed to get going. So, two two or three generations, yeah, long line of horse people.
0: Yeah, yeah, and your mom basically started barrel racing in the Pacific Northwest or got it to where it's at, right?
1: She's been producing barrel races for over 30 years now in Central yeah. Oregon, uh, so quite a while.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. And name is Rhonda.
1: Yeah, Rhonda okay. Kingsbury, uh, Turn and Burn Barrel Racing. She has done local jackpots for that 30 years in running and over the last decade has added some larger added money events into Central Oregon as well. Mm -hmm. um, that bring in a couple hundred people to the, to those events and include, uh, youth barrel racing, the KK run for Vegas event is one of those that she, um, other producers host those as well, but that's kind of a highlight. I know, you know, we're talking about your little girls and getting youth into the sport and, that's a highlight for me of having, having that KK run for Vegas barrel racing and pole qualifier at her races.
0: What got you into barrel racing besides your mom? Like, what is it (laughs) that brought you into it? Was it the speed? What, what?
1: Definitely osmosis. You know, I think (laughs) I was born mostly on the back of a horse. So I just don't really know anything different. Can't imagine imagine my life without horses, but Mm -hmm. I would say the speed is secondary. It's certainly a factor, but it's more the connection with horses specifically. Okay. I'm a, I'm a huge animal lover, but I, I would go out on a limb to say most of us have a very strong connection with animals and horses And they are a very expensive therapist for us. (laughs)
0: Right, yes.
1: And it, I mean, especially growing up with horses and 4-H animals and my parents raised cattle, just being responsible for something else that's dependent on you. And so, you know, every day you have something else to get up and you go feed your horse before you feed yourself before you get ready to go for get ready to go to school school now, every now, day
0: they're not real they're they're real quarter horses they're not like the average you know oh, okay let's just go you know ride them and but th- these guys w- or you know the horses that you ride are quarter horses they're pretty much the the speedsters of all horses correct
1: yeah, some people have some off-the-track thoroughbreds in barrel racing, uh, some appendix quarter horses, which have lineage of thoroughbreds. But yes, the, the primary, you know, it's, it's a short distance sprint. Yes. And that's what the quarter horse was bred and designed to do. And generations of breeding, we now have horses that were specifically hand selected genetically for barrel racing specifically, you know, growing up, we used to kind of hop on whatever quarter horse was around and you could rope off of them, you could barrel race off of them, you could jump the ditch on them. They did all kinds of things. And a lot of them had bloodlines from cutting horse bloodlines and it's gotten professional enough these days that we have very specific barrel racing horses Mm -hmm. that we're breeding to, to make the next generation of fantastic barrel horses.
0: How many do you have? Or do you, uh, I guess, rotate.
1: (laughs) Quite a few as of late. It's a bit of a, an addiction. Horses. Yeah, you can't I have heard just one.
0: I heard it, it. It does become an addiction.
1: <laughs> so I'm in, in a little bit of transition right now. Honestly, I the horse that I'm professional rodeoing on right now, and I would say most of the rodeos, he's the one that I still hop on. He's my old trusty. He was the only horse that I had for several years. We've had colts that we've bred and have been raising and don't really get to competing on them till they're five at the earliest in my program and older when I introduce them to the rodeo arena. So for a good, oh gosh, 10 years, I we had the colts out in the pasture doing baby things, but... Just that one horse that I focused all of my energy on and really only had him in my lineup to rely on. I had no backup if anything went south. And now those colts, they've gotten older. We've got them kind of staggered out by age. And so I have three that I'm competing on right now. And then another two-year-old in the works in my training program. So four horses until we get another one.
0: When do they hit their prime? When do the riders normally take them on competitions?
1: It really varies on the horse. A lot of horses will mature at different speeds, just like humans. And then a secondary factor, I would say, is what that owner, trainer, rider wants to do. With that horse, if you're looking to futurity, the BFA juvenile is for three year olds. Most horses are futurities at uh, four and five years old. Right. Some of those horses have gone on to be rodeo horses. My program, I'm starting to exhibition them a little bit at four. Best case scenario, I start running them at five. And I, I have to have a disclaimer. I'm slow in what I do. (laughs) I take my time. Um, I don't have, I I just, I really like uh, just my perspective and the way I was raised and the way I get along with horses best. It's just my personal style is I've had really good luck letting horses kind of pick their pace and not put Expectations onto them because of my personal goals. I'm not a patient person. Yeah, but if you if you try to start implementing things too quickly, you can really cause some problems. And then my ultimate end goal, at in case in point, the horse that I'm rodeoing on now is 18. You never know he was 18. He's still going strong. He loves his job. He's healthy. He's sound. And it could be completely luck but I really feel like it was the decisions I made when he was young yeah. to do things methodically and slowly so that he wouldn't burn out and his body would hold up and he would still enjoy what he was doing at 18 and hopefully a few more years.
0: Not months, 18 years.
1: 18 years. Now, I've wow. had him since he was five.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that that you guys uh, put him in competition that late I I didn't know they had that much in them I'm used to watching you know conduct derby back in the day Mm. and then maybe they're good for two to three years tops but wow 18 okay see I'm learning the more more you know (laughs) I I think I'm gonna get a lot of that during this episode so bear with me
1: No. Yeah. The different disciplines that it varies quite, you know, that the horse racing is a great example. Cutters are really young when they send those horses into the maturity pen. It, I would say industry standard when it comes to horse sports, Mm -hmm. barrel racers, we kind of come into it later in the game.
0: Okay. When did barrel racing, when did you start just racing?
1: Hmm. That's a great question. I think my mom started putting me on my evil pony fancy around age four to teach me how to ride. And it, it was a quick acceleration. Um, I loved it. I had a great time. That pony was the typical spoiled pony and did awful things. Uh, but for some reason, I I still had a good time. Uh, back to your point of going fast. Yeah. <laughs> we run around through the fields uh, with her and probably started peewee rodeoing. I will, Again, just a guess, but I don't know, around six or seven. Racing. Yeah, I mean, kid racing. Yeah, but, still, that's you know. still
0: racing. Just <laughs> like, you know, people say junior bulls. It's only 200, maybe tops, 200 pounds less than a big bull <laughs> it's like are you kidding yeah, me?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah All right. i uh i'm a i'm a small human i have been my entire life and yep a six-year-old up on a 15 hand 1100 pound horse at, at the Pee-Wee rodeos going yeah. as fast as i thought i could go No. having a great time
0: at first was it scary When you made your first turn, I mean, like, have, have you ever clocked yourself or have, do they clock you on how fast you're going around that turn on the turns?
1: Um, they have used speed guns and it's been a while. That's funny. You say that because I completely forgot they, that kind of was a thing when I was younger and they would speed gun those horses Coming home from the third barrel in a straight line,
0: correct? Yes, and I know that much. <laughs>
1: um, that's you know upwards of 30 miles an hour. Um, and you know, it's I can't say scientifically because without the speed gun telling you yeah. what it is, you're just kind of guessing. But there's not a ton of deceleration in those turns, they're using a lot of collection and centrifugal force that you're certainly, there is some rate down, but it's, you know, you're maybe talking five miles an hour difference.
0: Yes. Okay. Just like the junior bull size. Yes. Okay. Now there's more to it than just the horse doing all the, all the work. Right. So like earlier in the podcast, I was like, Hey, I want some barrel race. Oh, they're just, you know, they just ride horses. (laughs) You have to stay in shape yourself, correct? Stay in tip-top shape for the horse and for yourself to be the competitor that you are, correct?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think someone who wants to just do it as a hobby, there's a lot of leniency on either end of that spectrum for, you know, horse and personal health and fitness, but... It's not long because, again, whether you're doing it at a professional level or it's a hobby or you're doing it at a lower level, speed is speed and you're, it might look a little bit different. The times might change a little bit, but right. you're doing things incredibly fast. It takes a lot of core strength, a lot of balance, a lot yes. of fine motor skills, Trying to maintain mental clarity in the span of 16 seconds when you have adrenaline coursing through your body—I <laughs>
0: don't know how you do it. I, I don't know how you do it. It's, it's crazy. It's fast. It's too fast for me.
1: <laughs> it's very fast, and I welcome anyone who thinks that you're just sitting on a horse having a good time. Um, you're more than welcome to hop on and try it out and see how it goes.
0: Okay. Now (laughs) I'm going to ask you, hypothetically, I'm not going to ask you, you, but I I just, what's the average when learning how to, you know, race barrels, what's the average person who, who's fallen? How many times does a, does a person fall until they actually get it? Or do you continue to fall throughout your career?
1: (laughs) I, again, You know, we're not scientifically speaking here, (laughs) but I'd be willing to say whether it was when you were young, learning the ropes, or I mean, it it happened to me last fall trying to I hit a barrel and I tried to catch it on my horse and I just fell off. (laughs) Uh, I'd say pretty much a hundred (laughs) percent. Somebody at some point in your career... You're going to fall off. And if you're the lucky person who right now is laughing at me saying, I've never fallen off in my life. It's coming. (laughs) It's coming. I got you. Either you're little and you're carefree and you're not paying attention and you fall off because you're just little and don't have great balance and you get behind the buggy or, you know, something weird happens your horse trips and you fall off or. Yeah, it's. I don't know anybody in my circle of basically nothing but barrel racers. Yeah. It, it, we all have fallen off at some point. That's high
0: up there too. I don't know. It is. <laughs> it really the speed is. Speed and the height I I'm done. I'm sorry, I'm done. Just like I I told uh, <laughs> Carson last week. I'm like, "Hey, I, I can't." Well, it was yeah, a couple of days ago. It's Friday actually. <laughs> Told them I was like, man, Bronx. Mm, nah, I can't do that. I can't Bareback, back a cringe. I have had back surgery. I every mm. time I watch that, I I just cringe. It's okay to watch, but I can't watch it fully, you know, <laughs> like other events. So it's like, all right. Yeah. Okay. It's one
1: of those things too that any sport, when it's done well, it looks easier than it is. And you guys (laughs)
0: cut those barrels oh my goodness it's like so precise and clean yes you might bump it but still those horses and the way you guys you know maneuver your body and like the core work and stuff like that it's just it does not look easy if you really really (laughs) watch it if you really watch it and pay attention it's not easy
1: yeah, I think. I mean, I think that points out that you've actually been paying attention and not just saying that a women's sports going on in the middle of the arena and head to the beer garden.
0: No, I don't. No, no. I, my my wife makes fun of me every time I go to an event like baseball, football. I don't go to that. I watch. I'm <laughs> um, I'm in tune with what I'm uh, looking at and watching and enjoying. So, no, I do pay attention and. One thing I do notice, the girls. Not just my girls, but the girls in the stands. Yeah, there's there's so many male events, you know, and the rodeo scene. But I've noticed when the ladies and the horses come out, you know, they do the whole rodeo thing. And then barrel racing, it just hypes up the girls, the crowd, you know. I got a four-year-old. She was three last year. She enjoys it. I have... <laughs> Uh, a 15 year old, she's always loved it, you know, and then a a just turned 12 year old and she, I've been trying to get her on a horse for, uh, for a while and hope she does one day, you know, or turn to it and, uh, start taking it up, but, uh, can't make her, but they've always loved it. So what is it that, uh, brings kids, girls to love barrel racing so much?
1: I I don't think it's a stretch that the love of animals is something innate in little girls, uh, mm-hmm. little boys too. But I, I just see, you know, when I'm interacting with my niece or my friend's kids or, you know, kids at the Rascal Rodeo, there's something about little girls that. Have some sort of just naturally stronger connection to animals. I feel, yeah. And then when you know, if you go to a rodeo, now we have two women's events that Breakaway has really taken fire, and so that's another amazing event. But heck yeah, it, I love it. It's so <laughs> exciting, and it's you know, once if you go through Wee rodeo, high school rodeo, college rodeo you know for many many years your only option if you wanted to professional rodeo was was barrel racing and it's so cool to see so talk about another event that takes so much skill and dedication but it's something that's relatable there's several other events going on in that arena that's pretty much exclusive to men. And it's something that I think little girls look out into the arena and it's relatable to them because they see women competing and they realize that, you know, given the right circumstances and drive, it's something that they can attain as well. And, you know, horses are beautiful and, Okay. I, I don't know what else would really it's, drive. I mean, I, I was just kind of born into it. And so it's something yeah. that I take for granted. I've never really sat and thought of like barrel racing specifically. What's, what's the drive there? Yeah. Well, I, I
0: you know, you, you cleared it up, but I I just want you to know this is how it is. And I am I come from a social worker background. Well, I, I work in the social work field. So I, uh, I watch a lot of people's uh, mannerisms, you know, their are menu- Demeanor and everything else. And when with my kids, you know, when they were growing up, um, and I would take them to the rodeos, they would bring a little stuffy or like a Barbie mm-hmm. or something, right? And when dad's events are on, they'll be like lollygagging, you know, just with their toys, not a not even worry about the rodeo, what's going on. But then when they find out that the uh the horses and barrel racing's on, they stop everything and they watch it until the next event it's like wow i mean it's i didn't hype it up i'm like hey there's (laughs) there's, there's horses you know and they'll just watch it and just stick to it until the next event and then play with their barbies or or they want some popcorn they don't ask for popcorn or snacks during the barrel racing, I tell you, but when dads events are on, <laughs> they're like, "Dad, let's let's it. go get popcorn," you know? So, I don't know, yeah. I think I think it's fun to watch, you know, just uh the little kids uh when barrel racing's happening. So, yeah, for sure. You mentioned breakaway. That's that that that's quite the sport. It's like a quick draw. I like it. Mm-hmm. If if you weren't racing, what would you be doing in the rodeo?
1: Uh, I, I, I breakaway roped growing up through college. And then, like I said, you know, back when I graduated college, breakaway roping was not in professional rodeo. I I will say asterisks, um, I barrel racing is my sport. It's always been, I, I did all, all the events in pb rodeo and college rodeo and enjoyed them very much but there's something in my dna that specifically wants to run barrels and dream about running barrels and spend all my time and energy barrel racing okay. so i certainly i still get very excited but more like a fangirl when the breakaway roping comes on it's been many years since i've picked up a rope in any kind of meaningful way. And kudos to those women that can do both and do it at the top of their game because it's dividing attention and resources, quite frankly. And so those women that can do both and do it really well, you know, it usually involves riding, you know, you got to have your barrel horse, you got to have your breakaway horse. Mm -hmm. Uh, At many of these rodeos, they're back-to-back events. So you go rope your calf and then you go get on your barrel horse and run barrels. So I, I would love to think in a different world that if I wasn't a barrel racer, I could just make the switch over to breakaway roping. But you know, again, it's it's a harder event than maybe the average person would think. That you know, you just hop on your horse and you go out there and rope a calf and yeah, <laughs> to seconds. do it in one point eight seconds that too. <laughs> 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 yeah, oh,
0: you
1: know, you're on high powered horses. you're 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 investing all of your time to do it at an elite level. And oh, yeah. so if I were still in horses and, and barrel racing wasn't around, I would I would like to think I could get back into the breakaway roping game. I've always had a great fascination, again, kind of in a fangirl mode of, I think, those three-day eventers in the English discipline side of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's, that's kind of like the barrel racing of English sports, in my it opinion. Does, yeah. There's a lot of adrenaline in three-day eventing. Uh, cutting, I think, is very exhilarating. Pro- probably anything with horses that you could still... I mean, I think horse sports elicit an adrenaline response, but they all have different levels. Yeah depending on how fast you're going and how long it takes to do said event. Okay. But I've definitely in an alternate universe, I'd like to think that I'm only five, three and like 105 pounds. I don't, I'm not much of a fighter if I got oh, put right. in a bar fight. Um, but I, I think I I'm built to be a jockey and horse yeah, racing. Yeah. i always been, you know, one of those things, I know nothing about it really, but. I kind of do the same thing of your little girls. We have parimutuel horse races here at, at, uh, Prineville, Oregon, my hometown. And it's so exciting to go to the horse races and watch those horses run.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask you, what, what are your thoughts on, uh, you know, like Kentucky Derby and, and, you know, the triple crown and stuff like that.
1: Oh, I love it. I, uh, triple crown. I mean, in all honestly just each individual race pretty much brings me to tears to watch horses that are that athletic. Yeah. Um, and the ones that I've been able to witness win the triple crown it's, it's insane. They're, mm-hmm. they're the Michael Jordans of horses and mm-hmm. there's, you know, the odds are not in their favor, to win that many races. Yeah. At that level, at that age. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's really cool to see horses performing.
0: I I, I could only imagine when an injury happens. We won't talk about that, but <laughs> just your love and the way you describe your love for horses, I can only imagine. I mean, it it hurts for, you know, n- not non-horse lovers, but people that aren't in deep like you are, but I, I can only imagine how your heart will be if something happens to that horse. So, um, but I, I, I love the fact that you love the sports, especially those horses. I, I do. I do. And it, it's, it's, it's amazing to hear someone love it so much.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're definitely, you know, um, an extension of what i consider family and as much as animals can be your family um and it it is debilitating i've experienced traumatic scenarios with horses or can only imagine. you know even just smaller smaller short term injuries that you can rehabilitate and and slowly bring back and that's certainly always worth it but it it leaves scar tissue for sure and I think that only proves how amazing horses are if you're willing to go through something like that and then do it again because yeah. you know yeah. even best case scenario if your horse is around for 30 years and they just go lay down in the pasture and they don't wake up that that's best case scenario and oh yeah that's still incredibly hard to go through and oh, yeah. it's like we a all really yeah, absolutely. And yeah. we all go after some time, we go get another puppy and we do it all over again. But I think that's just the power of animals and to kind of connect the point of how I even ended up here with our introduction through Rascal Rodeo. Yeah. I think that's what makes that program so powerful is yes, at its base, it's, it's rodeo when you don't, necessarily need animals to to put that on but when you see the connection of those kids when they get you know the the most popular thing at rascal rodeo is the horseback riding Mm -hmm. and it it completely changes those contestants at the rascal rodeo and you can see the interaction with those giant 1100 pound animals that are fight or flight creatures and could very easily do something silly and nine times out of 10 my barrel horse who prior to barrel racing you know is a little bit sketchy to be around he gets excited he gets on the muscle he completely melts when my little niece walks up to him puts his head down turns into a completely different animal right to take care of her because an- animals know they don't speak english but right. they speak
0: and as your horse is doing that you're like you little punk what? <laughs> right it's <What? laughs> <laughs> it's just amazing the the stories and and you know seeing firsthand when working at that boy's ranch you know just how much they can change a person And Mm -hmm. breed a person you know so uh, i was gonna say i i would like to like just meet your horse and see what your horse thinks of me and will tell you (laughs) you know (laughs) that's that's it's that's amazing creature oh my gosh
1: yeah you'll have to bring girls over to the trailer at the next rodeo you can get to and we yeah. can make that happen.
0: Yeah, you gotta, you gotta let me know which one you're gonna do, which one you're you're gonna be in. Do you go do the the big four? Yep. Up here. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right.
1: Yep. Pretty much all the circuit rodeos and Columbia River Circuit.
0: Okay. All right, Matt. All right. Besides horses, favorite part of the rodeo events. Mm.
1: Well, I'm a huge Saddle Bronc riding fan. It's just, it's one of those things, again, that when it's done well, it looks easier than it is. It's, dare I say, elegant looking. I mean, mm-hmm. when Billy Eckhauer rides one, <laughs> okay. it's a work of art or r- road one, I guess. He's been retired for a while, but um, I- I've always been a big fan of saddle bronc riding and I think those horses again talk about animals that are bred and crave what they do and I think a lot of people from the outside you know they think oh you just you know make that horse buck yeah, those horses want to buck. They were bred to buck. <laughs> yeah, they look forward to it, and, and and not in a like I want to beat you into the ground kind of buck. It it's what it's their performance art, right? So, um, man, never thought
0: about that. I'm, I'm I'm glad I have you on. I've never thought <laughs> about that. Uh, I know it's their job, but I didn't think it was a performance you know, an, an art, a work of art, but the more you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I might be an outlier, but I, I think it's really cool that at the end of the day, none of these horses are being forced to do what they do. Like, yes, we're influencing them, you know, yeah. as babies, we put them in environments to, to teach them X discipline, but at the end of the day, we're not forcing, you know, when that chute opens, if that horse doesn't want to do its job, it doesn't have to. Yes. And they want to do what they're doing.
0: Right. Okay. Traveling. How much do you like traveling?
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, not a ton. Uh, I'm a bit of a homebody in all honesty. And I love, you know, the rodeo versus jackpot scene. I love being able to just come into a rodeo, do my thing and leave Mm because then I can go home and do something else. (laughs) But I have it relatively easy because I'm not on the road to the NFR. I'm not traveling all across the country. I've made trips back east, but it's pretty infrequent for the most part. I'm a happy camper staying in the Northwest, you know, a long drive. Most of the time for me is an eight hour drive, which is nothing for a lot of other yeah, people. Right. And it's not awful because again, I think I just, you know, the types type of rodeo that I do, I'm not driving all over the country. I'm not putting a hundred thousand miles on my truck a year. Yeah. <laughs> but It's not super exciting. And if you've driven... The the fun part is when you go somewhere new and you see country Mm. that you haven't seen before or you don't get to see it often. And that is one thing about rodeo. I have seen so many cool places and random places that I would never go to for you know, say vacation or Mm -hmm. to say that town sounds cool. I'm just going to go check that out. Yeah, I've seen lots of cool country and that is the cool part about traveling. In my opinion is the little towns that you come across in between.
0: How's your intake of food, like nutrition? Do you eat out? Do you buy stuff at the store and eat in your camper or however you travel? I like,
1: I'm you- pretty good about eating whole foods, good for you foods. Don't get me wrong, I love the random Taco Bell every once in a while <laughs> trash food, but I don't I don't eat a lot of like gas station food. I most of us these days it's pretty common to, you know, either have a living quarters horse trailer, which is mm-hmm you know, like a camper hooked to your trailer.
0: Very nice.
1: Live out of, which is a lifesaver. (laughs) And so, yeah, it gives, I mean, gone are the days of you just didn't have anything but a cooler. And so you can do a lot of meal prep. We got a stove in the trailer if you want. They've got those little portable barbecues these days. So I I try hard to eat as good as I can. I love my snacks. I love... I'm a bit of a foodie. I I love to go out and eat, but I I like it to be good food when I do that. I don't like it to be trash.
0: With with all the years and the traveling, you had to have some kind of peanut butter jelly sandwich, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, (laughs) the more I dive into the rodeo scene, the more I notice... You guys don't really eat PBJs. You guys eat cheese sandwiches. Are you more of a cheese <laughs> sandwich person or a peanut butter jelly person?
1: Hmm. Oh, I love Are a good grilled cheese, but I don't get many of those on the road. Okay. Um,
0: now, these, these boys, and I'm saying these boys, these boys just <laughs> love a block of cheese and bread. No condiments, just straight up dry bread and a block of cheese. That's their cheese sandwich so
1: (laughs) that grosses me out a bit but I (laughs) have like an entire drawer of just slices of Tillamook cheese in my fridge Mm -hmm. that is basically my breakfast food my snack food so I can't judge I mean add the white bread but who doesn't love cheese (laughs)
0: all right. <laughs> How do you build a peanut butter jelly sandwich? I have to ask you the staple question.
1: <laughs> mm, you're using some psychology on me now. <laughs> I, I know where these questions go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I don't want a PB&J sandwich. I'll eat one if I'm starving. If you hand me one, I'll eat it. I really <laughs> don't want a pb j sandwich. Um, I do think if you're gonna go that route, you do need to stick to the cheap bread. You don't want to get fancy with your healthy bread on a PB&J. Exactly. You want some good old fashioned white bread.
0: Okay.
1: And I'm gonna put my jelly on one side, my peanut butter on the other. Smush it together. Ratio. Mm-hmm. A good chunk of peanut, a real thick layer of peanut butter. Okay. All
0: right. Thin
1: layer of jelly. The diagonal cut is important to me.
0: You do the... All right. See, that's new. That's okay. <laughs>
1: Don't corner cut it that. down the middle. mm You got to fancy it up a little bit.
0: So a corner.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's fancy. All right.
1: <laughs> it's a classy okay. PB&J.
0: Now, do you do mom and pop jelly? store? You know, mom and pop store jelly? What?
1: Ooh, I might be a bit spoiled, I guess, in... In the jelly department, I don't know that I've ever had store-bought jelly. It's always wow. been homemade.
0: That's that's when I say it must be nice, but hey, <laughs> hey change their own. I wish I had homemade jelly. God, it makes things so much better. All right, so yeah,
1: I don't even know what it, what store-bought jelly tastes like. Yeah, you're I not missing sugar.
0: much. You're not missing much. Keep keep with mom's uh, jelly, please. <laughs> <laughs> Besides mom, who's your all-time favorite racer?
1: Oh, I mean, that's easy and it might be cliche, but Charmaine James, when I, she's an 11-time world champion barrel racer, won 10 world championships with the same horse, Scamper. Mm -hmm. And she was the Michael Jordan of my generation when, as far as barrel racing. Yeah, goes. I don't know anyone who would not recognize that name. And every year, my mom had a little book. I, once a year, she'd ask me what I wanted to be when I grow when I grew up, and mm-hmm. I dabbled in in some other things here and there. But I think there's about fifteen entries in that book. Of not only did I want to be a barrel racer when I grew up, but I wanted to be Charmaine James when I grew up. Yeah. She's just, she checks all the boxes of, you know, a successful athlete, a really amazing person. It It's really cool to, you know, when you're little and you, you look up to people,
0: Yeah,
1: you, you grab a hold of something that is a little bit superficial, right? There's something that attracts you to that person, usually because yeah. they're good at what they do and they ride a pretty horse. But you don't know really who that person is and a lot of times you don't ever get to meet the people that you idolize but in the rodeo community it is a fairly small tight-knit community and so if you stick around long enough you will meet those people and it, it it's really cool to have met her and gotten to know her later in my life and realize that not only was she super amazing at what she did, but she's a really good human being.
0: Yeah. I'm noticing pretty much all rodeo athletes are amazing people. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> met one downer, one narcissistic, you know, beehole. <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> I, I haven't. I mean, you guys are all accepting, you guys are all cool people. I mean, yeah, I, I couldn't imagine seeing or meeting one terrible person. Yeah. When, when you're not watching horses and you're in the rodeo, you're what what is the one person or one thing you watch religiously that you don't miss? What catches your eye and you just have to watch it before you leave?
1: I don't know if it's standard from rodeo to rodeo, but one thing that immediately stood out to me when you said that was if you ever have been or have the opportunity to go to the OMAX stampede I want and to watch the suicide race.
0: i w I've been wanting to go for a few years now.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that that rodeo <clears throat> um barrel racing is kind of it's usually, you know, it's right before the bull riding, which is the last event. At most rodeos, mm. and so at, at that rodeo, I go run barrels, take care of my horse, but and I'm sprinting back to that hill to watch that. Okay,
0: yes, yeah, I, I I don't know how they do it. That's <laughs> 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 that. I I honestly I, I'm like speechless because that that's some sp- spooky stuff. I I wouldn't take a bike down that. Mm. No. Nope.
1: No, I last year I took my horses down for a swim in the river yeah. and um I still didn't even I don't think made it halfway across the river but I got pretty close to that hill mm-hmm. and it is very intimidating. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think even if you just tried to kind of walk down it on foot it's steep enough that it looks like you would have to kind of lean back and put your hand down oh, on the yeah. hill above you to not just go whoops yeah. easy all the way down into the river
0: yeah i i climb mountains I, and run them too i i totally know what you're saying <laughs> and <laughs> if people see what we're talking about they'll be like oh my goodness
1: <laughs> yeah that's a d- yeah, different kind some- of racing youtube videos you can pull it up and look at it and i mean it's spectacular if you pull it up on youtube but it's a completely again it kind of brings me to tears to watch stuff like that go down of people being brave enough to do it and horses that are trusting enough of humans to just bail off essentially the side of a cliff and say okay here we go
0: yeah, we uh, normally think pictures don't do things justice, but uh, when you watch those YouTube videos or highlights of the OMAX Stampede, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it does do it justice. There's, <laughs> it does not miss. <laughs> so, oh, I, I, I plan. I wanted to go last year for sure. I, I might make a, a trip out there um, because isn't it during a weekday? It's during the weekday, correct? It's not on the weekends.
1: That one is pretty much, uh, I think it starts Friday. Yeah, I'm always correctly. working, but, but I
0: think I'm not going to be but, working. So.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have a set. It's Saturday, Sunday, for sure.
0: Yeah. But that race but, down downhill, though,
1: it's. Oh, they do it every night.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought they did yeah, it during the mention. day and that's it. That one time. Okay. Um, then I definitely did to check it out.
1: Yeah. It's definitely a, a place to put on your list. And again, talk about, I mean, you. I can't recall where you're at in Washington, but the North Prices. Cascades is just, okay, yeah. Um, that, that drive up there, starting to get into the North Cascades is just insane. Uh,
0: yeah. Yes, it <laughs> so is. So
1: it's, it's a pretty drive up there. It's a great rodeo. That suicide race is wild it yeah i i love there's so many cool northwest northwest rodeos that have been around forever and have so much history and culture to them that i guess to answer your question more generally um i can't put my finger on a specific thing you know it kind of you know each rodeo has its own flair mm-hmm. um St. Paul has that old stadium type arena that's wooden. They've got the Arbavida in the arena, the barrel racers. We come, we're underneath this tunnel, underneath the grandstands that we run in and out of. And so just stuff like that, that it, a lot of those rodeos up here in the Columbia river circuit have been around for quite a while and those committees have done a good job of maintaining that old west you know Pendleton is the premier you know it's a wild west show yeah and that's really cool to go to all those rodeos and get to experience that kind of as a spectator
0: yeah I know I know the season's just coming around right it's coming up it's going to be busy. You're going to be busy. What's next? What's next for you?
1: We're in kind of an, and if you're, if you're sticking in the Northwest, we're kind of in a weird spot because we have Redmond the beginning of April. And then the next one isn't going to be for a couple of weeks, mid-May down at mm-hmm. Central Point. And then that's when things kind of start to pick up and get consistent. And then boom, it's You know, multiple rodeos a weekend, but Central Point, Sisters, Union, Cooley City.
0: What's next for you? As far as goals? Yes, goals. I was going to ask you, what's your end goal? So, yes. What what goals do you have? And let's say next five to ten months.
1: a pretty standard goal it, for first and foremost I, I mean i'm don't get me wrong i'm a very competitive person i'm not just doing this for my health if i wanted to do that there's plenty of hobby type barrel races i could go to and just punk around on my horse and and have a great time there's definitely a drive within me to try to win and try mm-hmm. to compete at a high level um but I can never there's always moments throughout the summer where it kind of just hits me and I realize how fun and rewarding it is to just be able to get to go. Yeah. And whether you win or you don't win, it's, you know, not a lot of people get that opportunity to do what we do and it's kind of centering when when that hits you and you remember how lucky you are just to go out and rodeo and have a healthy and happy horse. But, uh, athletic goal is usually at the top of my list. I'm, I'm trying my end state is to qualify for the circuit finals. Okay. I've always had that. I, I think most of us that, that do this on a, professional level of course we all would love to go to the nfr yeah, and yeah, I like um I that. <laughs> you know it's it's hard to attain it's not something that i've ever you know again it would be an amazing dream but i've never dedicated to you know quit my job january head to texas and go to 75 rodeos to try to qualify for the nfr yeah uh it, there's things in my life that I've enjoyed doing. I enjoy doing I love the circuit system provides an opportunity to have diversity in your life. Um, I do spend a good chunk of my time with my horses preparing either being at a rodeo or getting ready for that rodeo but I do enjoy things outside of the rodeo arena and the circuit system is a great way to do that and have a life filled with diversity okay. Um, you know, someday, I don't think I'm ever going to let go of that glimmer of, well, maybe, you know, everything, if the stars align, you know, try to chase that and try to qualify for the NFR. But, you know, my, my goals are way more broad of, it, it's a tangible thing to qualify for circuit finals. It is a broader goal of mine to, for for the most part, we raise and train all of our own horses. Um, And when I say we um, mostly myself and my mother. Yeah. And so that's really rewarding. And if I'm not competing, I'm usually focused on these younger horses, bringing them up and starting to take them to jackpots and get them experience with hopefully, the result that they'll end up in the rodeo arena as well. So I'm just kind of trying to have a good time and win some. <laughs> yeah, sounds
0: like it. Sounds like it. it sounds like you're, you're just, you know, the horses, horses, yeah. horses, as long as you're worth horses, you're going to have a good time and uh, you know, you're complete. Pretty much. How, how long are you going to compete for? always ask this question not trying to get the age i'm just saying how long do you (laughs) think you have all this in for you
1: as long as my body holds up and that's the nice thing about barrel racing It you do have to have you know the core strength the balance if you keep up on that stuff it's not high impact unless you get in a wreck yeah so it doesn't have the shorter lifespan, like, I mean, bull riding, <laughs> it, yeah. it, you're going to be done at a pretty young age, even if everything goes well for you, it's just incredibly hard on your body. Bareback riding, incredible. I mean, pick. I, can,
0: I, I pick can't an even event. Yes.
1: <laughs> Yeah. So assuming my body holds up and I can financially raise horses in a manner that you know I'm not gonna I'm not, if I can say half-assed on this podcast no, you're good. Uh, <laughs> I'm not into partial effort and so I mean I hope to be doing it up until my 60s honestly um
0: that's awesome that you guys have that option or you ladies have that option to do that
1: yeah it's so cool to see you know Mary Berger qualified for the NFR several years back um and it it is a cool event that provided nothing weird happening it, it's something that you can do long term
0: yeah well Colleen did I miss anything is there anything you would like to say
1: just thanks for having me I think it's you know your platform is is really cool um I'm interested in athletes of all walks of life, sports. It's a really great topic. And to to pinpoint it a little bit, I really appreciate that you're giving folks in rodeo a platform to talk more about rodeo. Oh, yeah. It's really cool. As of late, there's been a revival in rodeo that I'm seeing of Absolutely. people from all walks of life that don't have access to knowing, you know, I I don't know how many people walk up to me at a rodeo and all they want to do is pet a horse because they've never touched a horse in their life. Yeah. And it it blows my mind because I'm around them every day. But that's, you know, when you look at the broader picture of the population of the United States, we're the minority. And it is so cool to see in recent years, the amount of people from the city coming to the rodeo and having a good time and being excited and wanting to meet the contestants and pet pet your horse and all of that stuff and not be peta protesters. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I don't yeah. know if it was you know. I think Yellowstone has really done that. TV show has really kind of bridge that gap of making just the Western way of life in general, kind of more accessible and humanized to people, even though it's certainly a drama and it's a lot of it's made up. Yeah. Yeah. It's all of a sudden there's these people going and buying cowboy hats and cowboy boots and (laughs) thinking that cowboys and cowgirls are cool. And, you know, there's always a small subset of people that, you know, go to the NFR and watch it and have a good time, but it's kind of a niche sport. It's not professional football. It's not professional basketball. And to see that connection in recent years, I I think it's awesome. And I think your, your podcast is another one of those resources where the more we can demystify rodeo, the better. I appreciate it. I appreciate it.
0: kind words. Yes. Yeah. Colleen. Definitely when I, uh, travel, especially going to be here at the Benton Franklin, uh, rodeo, uh, definitely going to hit you up and, uh, have my girls meet you and hopefully your horses.
1: Of course. Yeah. Hit uh, wanna, me up. We'll, we'll see you there.
0: I want to know if the horse thinks my, my four-year-old is the, you know, a uh, terror. So no, I'm <laughs> The
1: spawn of Satan. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: But no, I I truly appreciate your time. Thank you so much for agreeing to be first racer on and, uh, got my last question. Was it easier than you thought?
1: It was thanks to you.
0: There you go. All right. You're, you're always welcome to be a guest and I appreciate your time. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much. Have a good one.